Welcome back to Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. We're very glad that you continue to support this podcast. You can get the information on any platform uh, where podcasts are played, as well as getting the video content on YouTube. But if you want to just get one place to find all the content, go to my website at drgarrickthesportsdoctor.com and you will find everything on that website. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. So this is a special edition. You know, we have Suzette Burgess, who is my oldest child. The best one. Hmm. My oldest child, who is also helps me with production, helps me with filming, helps me with editing. A lot of the reels and a lot of the stuff that you see on social media comes from Suzette's work. So thank you. You know, you've been here since we shot our first trailer right here in this basement over two years ago now when we submitted for the podcast. I don't even know how we got in. It took us like 30 tries. Yeah, but I mean, that was our first time ever being behind the camera. So, you know, thank you for all that work, even though you slack off a lot. What are you calling me slacking? Um, but thank you for that. And, you know, thank you as the oldest child for being the best one, for always being a leader, for always, you know, trying to help out and to teach lessons, teaching your brothers and sisters a lot lessons the hard way. But, you know, thank you for all that you do. You're welcome. So today, what we're going to do, she's going to ask me questions. So we're flipping the mic and she's going to ask me questions. We're going to talk about some topics, you know, about her being a child of a physician or two physicians, being a child of a dentist, orthopedic surgeon, and a pediatric dentist, as well as the uh, big transition that's looming. So that's crazy. It's crazy. So what are you, what are your thoughts right now? I'm kind of nervous. Nervous? Me too. I'm nervous as well. What else? You You're think? used to this. What do you mean I'm used to this? You're used to doing your podcast stuff. I'm always behind. Oh, you're nervous about the podcast. Well, yeah, the podcast is not the move. Are you talking about the move? I'm talking about the move. The podcast prepares me. I don't want to move. What do you mean by that? Like, I like where I live. I have a beautiful home. I got good friends. I live in Pedal. And then we got the best school district in, like, the county or something. In the state? Yeah, but- the state. So you're, and you're going from number one to number seven. That's crazy. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, okay. So like half the things that they're gonna teach, but like, I'm probably might already know like half of it. Why do you think that? Because you think the school might, might be you. a little easier. Uh-huh. So you might be a little more prepared going in there, which is a great thing. But I like getting pushed. I don't want to be like. The nerd in the class. So you like being challenged. Well, that's good. So, well, I I believe you will still get challenged. Hopefully. If at any time you're not getting challenged, we can always always correct that. You can talk to, you know, teachers. You can talk to administrators to make sure that you're getting pushed the way that you need to. What else do you worry about in a move? Friends. Friends, teammates. I feel like if I make their basketball team, that I'm gonna be like that one person that don't know nobody and everybody's like been together since they were little. So and that's, that's true. I mean, it's a possibility, right? It's a possibility you could be the only person on the team. Or I mean, it's a possibility that everybody's coming from different schools. So that's not that's not always how it happens. It's not always how it happens, right? 
So a new uh, player on the team, how do you treat somebody when you meet them first time? I give like a warm welcome because I know how it feel like whenever I first moved the pedal. All right, so this is not the first move you've done. So we moved the pedal 2019. What grade were you in? Third. So how was that experience? I cried my first day. Like after y'all dropped, because I guess they had this thing where you could drop off your kid and then say bye on the first day. Mm -hmm. I cried because I well, I didn't know anybody in my class. But how did that experience go? It was cool. Like after like the third day. But at first you wanted to go back to your old school, right? Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we moved because. So the last move was a positive move. It was a good move in the end. I thought this one's going to be a negative move. Why is that? Because I'm in seventh grade and it's not going to be going into seventh grade and then it's not going to be like second grade where everybody's going to be like the same personality, always happy and stuff. Like it's a big old change. So you feel like it'd be harder because you're older? Mm -hmm. Fair enough. What else? I don't know. I'm just happy it has a pool. So you're excited about? Because I already said I was having a pool party. So what else are you excited about? Probably. Like, I want to move, but I want to take this house and move to Madison. So if you could move without having to undergo the change and transition, would you be excited about it? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's one that. thing with change, with life. You know, I've been through a lot of change, right? So we moved a lot because of training. We moved a lot because of jobs. And I've it can be difficult. I haven't had one stable place my whole life. I've been moving all the time. But what's the benefit of that, would you say? Probably meeting new people and meeting new personalities and then, like, having a good impact. But sometimes it's not always, like... Oh, it's the same, but you learn something different every time. Learn something different. You get to experience new places, new people. I mean, you have a lot of life experiences to be 12 compared to some people who might have just lived and gone to the same place. I lived in the same house my whole life until I went to college. Went to the same school? Went to the same school, the same house, same school system from kindergarten to 12. Yeah, that's not bad. Right. I mean, it worked. It worked. I knew the same people, but I only knew the same exactly. people. Exactly. That's the thing. But your experience is different. You go, it's like I'm going to be that new kid. And stuff. So new kid is hard. You think I'm the new kid is hard? Kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you always, when you have a new kid in your class, you reach out and try to take care of them. So I believe because you do that to other people, that same thing is going to come back to you. Hopefully. And you're a good person. You're a good student. You're a helpful student to your teachers, to your classmates. You're a good athlete. You're a good teammate. So all those skills and qualities that you possess are going to be very important in this next season. People are going to still like you. People are still going to support you. And you're going to still excel. Hopefully. No, I mean, that's me as a dad. That's what I think. Okay. What questions you got for me? How did you get the job? to go to Jackson because I just had like something happened and got a call but like, how did it start off wow like how did it really start off like how did they know to call you and so all right we'll just deal with this job we're not going to go all the way back. no just just this job. To all right all right because that's a whole nother episode is how we really got here no, but all right. do 
So the real, how do we move into Jackson is because number one, been in Laurel for nine years, right? And came in, you've seen all the work we've done in Laurel from working with athletes, building a sports medicine program, going to Saturday morning injury clinics. That's so nasty. You know, going to football games on Friday night. We've done a lot to build something that's reputable. And mentorship, we always kind of talking about having mentors. I had one of my mentors who worked at the university. And ever since I moved to, to Mississippi, I would always reach out to him for things that I didn't understand. So I would go to him with my problems. So this is the interesting part about it. So I built his confidence by asking him the questions about things I didn't understand versus just showing him all the things that I knew perfect and everything that went perfect. I went to him with my problems, all right? So one thing I want you to understand is that sometimes when you are vulnerable and show people your problems and say, look, I don't understand, I need some assistance. What do I do in this situation? They're able to learn your thought process. So. There was an availability, you know, with Jackson State, where I got the chance to go up and help be their team physician over the last football season. So as I was in Jackson working and being able to kind of be exposed to new things and be able to see kind of another level that challenged me and also being able to be in a situation where I can teach the next generation of surgeons oh, being in a situation... If you saw her joy, don't saw her joy on that. My dad's going to be a assistant professor. professor. Yeah, so that's, oh they get a real kick Sorry. out of that. But I mean, that's important for me to be able to teach the next generation, to be able to prepare the next generation of surgeons, to be involved in that academic process. Because as a minority, it's very rarely you see a Black teacher, right? Mm -hmm. I got so like two of it's the same thing in orthopedics and in surgery it's very rare that you will have a Black instructor that you can work with. And I feel like that's important for, from an exposure standpoint. And it's also important for those who are trying to come along through this training process, which would be very grueling. And a lot of people don't make it through. So I feel like that's another part of my calling. And you know the fact that I like to mentor and be involved in helping people, right? I feel like this gives me a, a larger platform to do that. So but just like you said, it was very difficult because I think about you, Derek, Julia. I think about Mama, her work. I have to think about all those things, making that decision to move, you know, but I feel like this is where God is leading us. And I know he's going to take care of all of us through this season. So that's how we got here. That's a lot. That's a lot. And this keeps me awake at night. When you snuggle in your bed, this wakes me up at three, four o'clock in the morning. I got to sit there and think about it and pray about it and say, God, are you sure this is where I'm supposed to go? Because I don't want to lead my family the wrong direction, chasing the dream. But tell me about all the fun you had in Jackson. What did you tell the me about that? I didn't like was because the whole Coach Prime era, everybody wanted to see it. And I was a clue that everybody wanted to see it. So it was like, Five-hour traffic to get there. So it's crazy on game day. But talk about that experience. But whenever game day, so I'm not trying to be rude or nothing, but, like, HBTU stuff, like, they 
and like they don't play like country music stuff like that like whenever you go like to SEC game you might hear like a little bit black music and then like it's like a whole game and then you get to see people like that are your color cheering for your team and stuff and then like you feel like that's your family out there even though you don't know who they are like you're and like whenever your dad's on the team and then like whenever we went to that orange orange yeah. blossom thing yeah. I met Miami. like two new players and then I called one of them my brother that got drafted to the Chicago Bears so and... nugget, nugget worn right you're part of the family nugget if you didn't know that yeah my mom definitely thinks that too but they're like whenever we saw him in the elevator the escalators or whatever yeah, an elevator pre-game yeah. in the elevator we were in a hotel and talking and they were like telling us everything that we needed to be like making sure that we needed to watch and everything and then whenever you see the band that's crazy because they're really 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 talented and they're going to try to get my dad out there to try to dance with them so you enjoy the whole hbcu experience the game day experience and like you and said the coach primal was really crazy HBCU, but I don't know which one yet. Well, I mean, the exposure, because you've been exposed to it at a young age. So you can see and you can feel the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And later, I was like, Mom, can I take my friends and stuff? Cause especially my Black ones, because they don't, like, really get to see us all the time. So it was a whole different culture. And every week, it was a new experience on game day, huh? Mm-hmm. Y'all sitting in the stands, always trying to figure out who the entertainers were and Oh, yeah, because mama didn't know. Who, I knew some of the rappers, but a lot of them I didn't know because I hadn't seen their face. I've never heard of them. But there's only like three of them that I knew, and I forgot the name of them. What else would you like to ask? Uh, oh, ask you? Yeah. How many times did you miss parties and stuff for studying? Like, because whenever you get in college, like, you still do your work. But then on the weekend, it's like partying stuff time. So when I was in college, or you're talking about medical school? So what did it take? Sure. So in undergraduate, I lived in a dorm. I lived in a dorm with other people for a year. So that was a great experience because coming from home, I was able to meet a lot of new friends that you met on that my dorm floor. Neil, Alfred, Chad, who went to school with us. Of course, McAllis, who was my roommate. That's my people right your godfather so that was not necessarily even going out and then through the fraternity i met eric dr peters that's why i call my uncle so you met your uncle so i met a lot of people as you see from being and at xavier then when i got into medical school we had to go to class all day we went to class and then we had to study so it was like a full-time job and we only really got to go out in the day of a test. So we had tests every two weeks. And then that day, that would be, it was a Monday. And we would always go out on a Monday. And every other weekend, sometimes we would get to go out for maybe one day. But we couldn't, every time we go out, we'd be thinking about the fact that we need to get back to study. It was, so it was a whole lifestyle. So we're really being pushed. We had a lot of studying to do. So it's a sacrifice. And that's what we call delayed gratification because we literally put our, our lives on hold, not only during medical school, and then we started residency. And not only, so during residency, that's when mom and I got married. And before I graduated residency, we had you. So we had a child, she was a resident, I was a resident. So we had to do, it was either going to work 
going to study or taking care of you. And that pretty much consumed our lives for. Yeah, Paula should have moved down there. For a long period of time. And thank God for family because we needed their, their support. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it in the end because if you really want to know how you get there, that's where it starts. But that's way too more, too much to talk about in one We gotta do a whole thing. We could do and a series. Going, oh wait, you keep on. No, I've been begging you. you. I have been. Telling I've been begging you. you to get on this podcast. No, I tell him that I was going to do it, and then it's either basketball, show choir, cheer, softball, any of that stuff. And then we'll be watching the game. And I'll be like, okay, come on, let's go down and do it. And then I go take a shower. And then apparently we're watching a movie and it doesn't get done. So it's a busy lifestyle. So all the things that we are. Right. So we allow y'all to be busy, but we still work. And you're not the only talent. So you have activities. Your brothers and sister, they have activities. But we want you guys to have that exposure. So it's worth it for us to be every night at a ball field or going to a, a show choir event and still trying to figure out how we're going to get dinner, how we're going to get homework done and get ready for work the next day. But that's the sacrifices we make for you. So that's a day of sacrifice. So that's why I'm asking. I know it's going to be a sacrifice for you to move, but that's why I ask that of you because I know in the end of the day, I'm going to sacrifice for you. So this would be somewhat of a sacrifice for you, but I think it's going to be a good experience for you. That's what everybody keeps on telling. I'm like, no, because they're like, well, Pell was a good school. I think you need to move. So what, are they, what does it feel like when people always say, oh my goodness, you're moving? How does that make you feel? Whenever the first time, like I assume the day of that we heard it, I talked to people at church about it, but I didn't talk to kids about it. Like I did before and I had that, oh my gosh, you're moving, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then, so I kept up from people at Pell until like a month of like, until like March. And then my friend's dad, because we packed up half of the house and I didn't even tell like my best friends and stuff because I didn't like want to get that feeling of guilt and stuff. And then she comes over and I'm like, oh, I forgot to tell you. And then blah, blah, blah. So, but not a lot of people know and stuff. But I said, I'm having a pool party. <laughs> gotcha. That'll be your consolation prize is a pool party, huh? Mm-hmm. Cool. Like what I did with the reunion. All right. What else you got? Was Nana and Papa hard on you? Like, whenever you were around your like family and stuff, or like a daily basis? Were they hard on me, like, just being as a child? So, I would say yes. I got a lot of Spankings, whippings of the child. Were they leash parents? Were they leash parents? Or were they helicopter parents? So my mom stayed home with me for the first nine years of my life. That's mama's boy. So she delayed her future as a teacher to be home with my brother and I until I was nine years old. Then she went back to school. So a lot of people will want to say that I only wanted to be around my mom. That's Um, true. You can even ask me. But my parents were pretty strict on us. You know, especially from a grade standpoint, my father, when I was in the third grade, he told me he didn't want me to make any more B's because he felt that I had the potential of making all A's. And I, I responded. I B's. So if he hadn't done that, I probably just continued to make B's and whatever. But he challenged me and I responded to it. Uh, but yeah, my parents, we 
didn't go spend the night at a lot of people's houses. A lot of people would come to our house to play. But they were pretty kept a close eye on us because they were trying to protect us. That sounds like you and mom. Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. So that's why we. So they basically helicopter my great helicopter. Oh. So you got helicopter grandparents. There yeah. you go. But they're better now. They are better now. Everybody evolved and changed over time. And when they're not yours, you can be a lot nicer to them. All right. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episode. Until later, peace. Life, sports, and medicine.